go. Welcome to the Deep Thirds Football Podcast. I am your host, Randy Hammond, quarantined in my apartment for about a month now. I've lost track of the days. I've lost track of the time. I don't even think any of that matters at this point. I am doing my civic duty in staying inside and saving lives out here in upstate New York. I am joined by my co-host, as usual, Matt Bushnell, all the way out in Arizona. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Oh, you know, living the dream out here. Um, we have a very uh, spread out population, so we can actually go outside, Randy. We just can't do golf. Uh, no, we can't do golf courses. So we're okay. Well, I'm allowed to go outside. I'm allowed to go grocery shopping with a mask on and gloves and that whole thing. I'm allowed to go for a walk, but I have to maintain six feet within people, uh, six feet away from people. So, um, but I'm glad to see that you're doing well and that things are going well because we're also joined once again with by Ryan Shiner, uh, who joined us last week for our first part of our draft show. Uh, Ryan, welcome back. How you doing? I'm uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm in a Twitter uh, Twitter feud again with the lead singer from Trapped. And uh, just been hanging out with the kitties. You know, the kitties make my life a little easier too because all they do is just hang out and chill, and then they bug you when they're hungry, and then they just keep hanging out and chilling. So, I oh, love mine my actually like to play, and one of mine actually plays yeah. fetch. So, well, that's way more entertaining than mine are. Then I'm happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> you gotta leave the trapped guy alone, though. That that guy has mental issues. He uh, does. It's the other way around. He <laughs> doesn't leave me alone. Well, that's even more of a problem. Yeah. Um, well, no. we have we have a, a, a great and loaded show for you. We're going to go through all of the news surrounding the National Football League as usual, uh, because as the world has come to a halt, nothing can stop the great NFL. Uh, we're going to go through a league that has died during this time, uh, RIP to the XFL. We're going to talk about things that we loved, we couldn't care less about. And uh, now we're going to go through two of our mock draft, not really round two, but round two of our first round, uh, meaning picks 11 through 21. And we will go through a recap of one through 10 that we had last week. So uh, um, let's start. Um, the coronavirus hasn't really had much impact on the NFL besides its changing of the draft format to being an in-person uh, crazy attended event to being a virtual uh, event happening probably on Skype, on Zoom, and on our televisions, which I don't know about you. I cannot wait to watch. But not many people in the NFL world have had the coronavirus. But we saw that Sean Payton was diagnosed with the coronavirus earlier and has since recovered. And now news has come out that, that uh, Super Bowl uh, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, one of the best players in the league, has tested positive for COVID-19. Matt, uh, you are closer to that area of the world than I am, and so uh, what, do you, what do you think about Von Miller getting the coronavirus? I think for the NFL, it's kind of big picture right now. You see that he's the first major name in the NFL to get it, but you, you see a lot of celebrities getting it, so it's kind of died down. You don't really think about, like, oh, I can't imagine this person ever getting it. Now you can imagine almost anyone getting it. Yeah, that's totally true. Um, Ryan, what's your take um, on, on Von Miller's positive test? Um, I mean, th I don't really have a take on it. Just hope he gets better. And, uh, uh, yeah, hopefully everybody else is safe recovery and uh, stay inside. 
think we've seen guys like Kevin Durant and a lot of NBA players have gotten this. So they, they were going through a season. Uh, obviously, once Rudy Gobert tested positive, they shut down the, the entire league. So we kind of tried to contain that as best they possibly have could. Um, we saw a whole NHL team basically have it and get quarantined from it. But this hadn't really touched the NFL and not really Major League Baseball either. A couple minor leaguers here and there. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we find out more people in the NFL world have, have this. Um, and, you know, obviously, like you said, hopefully you stay safe. Hopefully, you know, we've seen that this doesn't affect healthy people like this. So hopefully he recovers in no time. Um, but he is not the only player, active player, who got tested, who tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, Rams center Brian Allen um, also had it. And I got to say, the weird part about this more than him testing positive for it was that Jay Glazer, who ruined my life with the Odell Beckham Jr. trade news um, and trolled me throughout the entire process of that, um, he, he tweeted on, I believe, Monday that he had big NFL news, like huge NFL news. And then a day later, he tweets that this guy, who most of us don't even know his name, um, has the coronavirus. And look, I understand the, the, the where we are in the world right now. But I don't think this is like a huge news story to me. Uh, maybe he's just bored. Ryan, did you happen to catch the Jay Glazer news fiasco? Man, Jay Glazer does not come up in my Twitter feed. Adam Schechter comes up in my Twitter feed. Basic uh, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, everything else does. When you said the name Jay Glazer, I was thinking, what year is this? Like, I can't remember <laughs> the last time I went to him for like anything, maybe like 2014. So maybe this was big news for Jay Glazer than it was for anybody else. Cause I legit, I, I actually forgot about the dude. I'm not going to lie. I, this, this was not a good moment for me. You know, big tell, news for me too, I guess. I can tell how much you care about the giants because he's the one that was all over the Odell Beckham jr. Trade of 2019. So only reason that he's prominent in my life is because of that. So Matt, did you happen to catch how this all shook out and, did you were you kind of taken aback by the news? Like, did you really think it was worth the the hype of that? I, I well, the hype wasn't worth it at all. I think he overblew the story quite a bit. Again, back to Jay Glazer though, he's he's pretty prominent, especially on the West Coast, working for Fox. So maybe yeah. that you guys don't get that information from him directly, like I would, because. Arizona West Coast but he, he's pretty prominent out here he breaks a lot of stories he's really tight with the UFC for UFC fighters or fans that they should have a pretty good idea of who he is and what he's about he has his own fight studio and usually he's on top mm -hmm. of the NFL news and I've never seen him hype something like that usually he's pretty credible to him mm -hmm. I'm sure he thought like this was very important news for the NFL but at the end of the day, the guys aren't in training camp or rookie mini camps or any mini camps right now or any OTA programs. So to me, it's much ado about nothing. Like you guys said, Durant had it, and that was kind of the first big major sports name that came out. And I'm like, okay, well, mm -hmm. you know, th this is going everywhere. But Glazer, you know, with those positions come a little bit of hyperbole. So, you know, it comes with the territory for me. I feel like this would have been a much bigger story if it was like Joe Burrow or maybe like somebody who's in the upcoming NFL draft or somebody who attended the combine or somebody who's a megastar, yeah. like, like you said earlier, before we started recording Tom Brady. Um, yeah. I don't know that hearing, like you said, hearing somebody else got 
got the Rona and it's not somebody like major, it's like, oh, okay, now we know. Hope yeah. they get better. It, like, I, I trust Jake Laser. Like, I think he has good NFL sources. I, I, I think that he's good at, at breaking NFL related news. Uh, I, I respect all of the work that he does with veterans. He has a great veteran foundation uh, out in Los Angeles. Um, but this was weird to me. I mean, this like this had rumors, like transactional rumors about like, oh, someone's getting moved, big names getting traded. Like that's what people care about right now. They don't want to think about this, which I get it. Like you don't, but this is the real thing going on. It's affecting our, all of our lives in one way or another. Um, but I said before the show, I mean, Tom Hanks is about as big of a name in the world that I can think of um, as far as like people who are famous that I care about. And he was like the first one, first famous person I heard that had it. So, I mean, like I said, if it's not Tom Brady or a, a superstar NFL player of that caliber, maybe you could have just tweeted it out like Ram Center Brian Allen has the coronavirus. Like, okay, I hope he gets better. I hope nobody in his family uh, has any issues with it. And then we move on with our lives. I don't think he needed to go through all of it like that. But one of those rumors that came about this and it kind of got reported um, I don't know about you guys, but sports radio in New York is a pretty big thing. Right now, not a whole lot to talk about. So Mark Malusis, guys in New York call him the Moose, um, reported that the Vikings and Browns were discussing a trade for superstar, and he, his word superstar, I would agree. But uh, Odell Beckham was being talked about going to the Vikings from the Browns for what I believe, I don't remember the exact uh, – but I believe it was a second, fourth rounder, maybe a second and a fifth. Um, he said that he had that source. Um, it has since been debunked by the Browns and by, by uh, Adam Schefter. But Odell Beckham Jr. finds himself in the news again. Ryan, um, did you actually think Odell was on the block? For, for a little bit. Okay, so here's, here's my reasoning of why I thought so. Um, I was thinking there's, there was no way that the Browns we're actually going to like trade away somebody who they just who they just got uh, last year. Obviously, that was a huge deal for Cleveland, but also just because the results of Cleveland, uh, them getting a new coach and them kind of just, it feels like they're kind of starting over again. I could see the logic of saying, okay, well, let's try to recoup this in any way we can. Let's trade this guy to somebody who's going to lose in the wild card round for another year and. Uh, move on from there I can see the Vikings trying to make that move just because they have a Kirk Cousins and yeah um, I'm surprised and I'm also not surprised yeah Matt did you actually think that the Browns were going to move on from the guy that they gave up so much for the year before with the Browns anything's a possibility as we discussed um, you hear in the rumors that they're targeting wide receiver in the draft at some point and it's kind of weird with Jarvis Landry and OBJ so why would you target a wide receiver when you just signed Austin Hooper too? Not enough balls to go around in that mm -hmm. offense currently. So it, it it didn't surprise me hearing the draft rumors and then hearing Beckham to a team like the Vikings didn't make a lot of sense. I think the Vikings want to concentrate more on the run. They saw what Dalvin Cook would do. Do I think OBJ's on the block? Yes, I do. Do I think it's to the Vikings? I don't see that. So interesting. So what 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 do you think is a ideal scenario for Odell then? Like what do, where do you think that they could totally ship him realistically? 
It, it just goes back to the Rams in my estimation. He, he wants to be on the West Coast. He wants to go to L.A. They just traded Cooks. So it's, it seems like it's a logical fit for that offense with McVay wanting to throw it downfield. He, he does want to push the ball downfield. He wants to spread out a defense and have that difference play, that difference maker on offense, especially at the wide receiver position that he wasn't getting from Cooks. And he also has the middle of the field weapon, Cooper Cup coming back. So I, I think the Rams just make obvious sense for that move. I, I wonder what the Rams would have to give up. They kind of gave up so much draft capital and, and getting Jalen Ramsey um, and among other players. Like they, they totally went all in last year. Uh, so I would be interested to see what that deal would look like. Um, I, I I don't think Odell's on the block, but I've been wrong about that before. I've been told that we didn't sign him to trade him, and I believed it like a sucker. So uh, I've been wrong about this particular player in the past. Um, I, I guess like uh, he's a polarizing figure, I think, in the NFL, and I think a lot of media coverage seems to make it point him in a bad light. I understand that he's a diva, like he's a diva receiver. How many diva receivers have we seen in our lifetime? So many of them. To me, he's less of the problem with the Browns other than the Browns being the Browns. I think if you gave him another year, put him with Stefanski, draft an offensive lineman, hopefully Baker can have a bounce back year, and I think he could have a killer year. Even with a down year, he still had 1,000 yards, only had three touchdowns, but uh, I could totally see those numbers climbing this year if he's healthy. But who knows? Anything could happen regarding Odell especially. I never thought he was going to get traded, and sure enough, he's been wearing orange and brown for uh, the last year. So, uh, all right, that's about as much NFL news as we have that's not draft related and we'll get to the draft in a little while, but first we wanted to mention, we wanted to talk a little bit about a league that we were really excited for uh, that had a rebirth and had a 20 game season and then suddenly died because of this coronavirus pandemic. Um, the XFL, Matt, we talked about at the art in our Super Bowl show, a recap show, how we were excited to watch the football after football. Like that we had a spring league in the AAF uh, didn't work out. I think the AAF had a lot of other issues um, than we realized Turns out the AAF played 14 more games than the XFL did. Um, but unfortunately, the XFL probably couldn't have predicted a pandemic coming. I know that their uh, their owner and the creator uh, probably had some financial problems of his own, considering he owns a whole other sports entertainment entity, um, which is also being affected by this. So give me your quick synopsis of the XFL, Matt. There are a lot of concepts that you could take away. I mean, the, the NFL is never going to ever, ever, ever do the coaches' feed. You, you're never going to hear what the coaches say. Um, I, I, th I think the NFL could adopt the replay stuff. I think that would be fascinating, hearing the refs discuss what they're seeing on the replay. The kickoff worked wonders. Um, Ryan talked about it in depth in Facebook in the Football Life group, how the kickoff just saved a lot of players from getting injured. It really decreased the collisions that you would get in that short amount or in that longer distance. So there's aspects the XFL show that will work in the mainstream NFL. I just, this goes back to spring football just doesn't seem to succeed for one reason or another, whether it's competing against people ready for major league baseball whether it competes with the NBA playoffs. I know the XFL did really good in ratings compared to NBA regular season and NHL regular season, but the NBA fans come out in droves for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So 
that would have been something to see if they could have competed on a Saturday or a Sunday with the NBA. But the, the XFL was enjoyable. I thought the quarterback position really hurt it because, like anything, you see NFL teams with bad quarterback play. They're not very entertaining, and they're not going to grab your attention, and they're sure as hell not going to be on Monday night or Sunday night football unless you're the Chicago Bears who, you know, you get to hear Chris Collins work trash <laughs> Trubisky. So that's a peak. But, no, I, I like yeah. the XFL, and I hope they take things from it. Yeah, I guess I should have said in my intro that the- – they did cancel the season with hopes to play another season. Um, they have since filed for bankruptcy and have just folded in general. They laid off all their employees. Players have been let go. Um, I feel really bad for all the players and coaches who put in all that time and an effort to try to get a TV deal to extend and hopefully move forward. But um, the pandemic has obviously said other things. I really liked how some teams really tr- did have a great fan base. Like the DC defenders really had a great audience and, um, I think the Houston Roughnecks did too. And uh, Ryan, um, you, you, he talked about how you love the, the kickoff rule. What are, what are some other things uh, or even elaborate more on the kickoff rule that you liked about the XFL? Well, I mean, obviously one thing I really loved about the kickoff rule that Matt already brought up, um, I think it's going to save kickoffs for the amateur levels and the professional level. I mean, you see a lot more reports saying, uh, what was it, uh, more than 50% of concussions that occur in football are a result of the kickoff play. Um, I a lot of people have been worried about uh, because the way the NFL has kind of uh, addressed the kickoff is, oh, let's just move the the yardage forward or back, and we'll we'll just get more touchbacks or whatever. What the XFL did with that was that, yeah, like they uh, is that they made it so the players don't get hurt, but they also made it a relevant play. Um, like like you said, one of my favorite things, and uh, I, w- I was watching it with one of my fr- one of my friends, just imagining the what would happen if you had NFL players all mic'd up on the sidelines and you hear all the drama that occurs. Can you imagine the headlines afterwards? This is the type of thing that I want from the NFL. It's never going to happen, but it's just fun to imagine. Uh, The other thing that uh, just from here, so obviously I'm in uh, Columbia, Missouri. Uh, one, One thing that really got me was, how much of an imprint that the St. Louis Battlehawks actually have in the state. Um, I went to a con- I actually went to a concert in St. Louis, and there was a number of people wearing St. Louis Battlehawks shirts. Um, awesome. in, uh, in here, there was like a bunch of bars that were vying to be the official Battlehawks bar, and there was people actually excited. They uh, actually sold out enough tickets to where the next game, if it was going to happen in the Dome, that they were opening up the second level, the upper deck of the dome, and they were selling a good amount of tickets. That city was really excited to have football back, and it's just gone. It's just it's gone. And um, man, St. Louis just cannot hold on to a football team. Um, yeah, that's, but, it stinks. I I know that. Um, like I said, DC and also Houston, I think, really embrace their teams as well. So I, I didn't know. I mean, you're talking about bars being dedicated. That's that's true, uh, like investment <laughs> in these teams yeah. that you're talking about throughout the entire state. How far how far are you from St. Louis? Um, we're about two hours from St. Louis. Um, I would say the imprint for the Battlehawks had was more relevant than what uh, Sporting KC has had in this part of the state. And Sporting KC actually has a decent following in Kansas City, but like just for like visualization of what you see, um, the Battlehawks had a pretty good imprint. People were excited that St. Louis had football again and. 
you know, there's a lot of people who were getting really invested in that team right away. They had a bunch, couple of players from Mizzou, LaDamian Washington was the right wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a lot of things right in place that they were, that, like I said, this could have succeeded and then the Rona happened. And Yeah. It seems like the opposite situation than the New York Guardians where they played in MetLife <laughs> Stadium. Couldn't, couldn't draw much of a crowd. Uh, I'm sorry I couldn't get that excited about Matt McGloin as <laughs> their starting quarterback. Uh, yeah, the Guardians had some issues. But, you know, there were some successful teams, like you said. Uh, they, you guys had a great uh, – um, I guess they kind of really took them in under, under their wing and, and really wanted them to stick around. Uh, some things that I like, that they mic'd up the players and the coaches. They will never mic up the coaches, like Matt said. The players, the problem with that – every other word's going to be bleeped out. Because you know how many swear words are on the sideline of a football game? <laughs> I mean, these are guys taking off the heads of other guys. Like, a lot of just no audio coming out of your TV screen, <laughs> as awesome as it would be. And then all it takes is for Sam Darnold to say he's seeing ghosts again, and then they're gone. <laughs> and then the Jets say, all right, no more of that. Well, that was actually um, a thing the first the, two weeks uh, of the, the XFL, replay. too, yeah. was that they were complaining about that? all the players swearing because it was F this and F that yeah. as soon as they came off the yeah. sidelines. Yeah, that's true. And I think that the interviews were, were kind of interesting. Is like Matt McGloin just threw a pick six and then he comes off and then the, the sideline reporter just sticks a mic in his face like, oh, what did you do there? He's like, oh, it was a terrible scheme, terrible play. Uh, we got to go figure this out. And he just threw his coach completely under the bus, which, again, probably wouldn't have worked very well <laughs> in the, in the well, NFL. Actually, um, I really but- like that idea, too, as somebody who loves the analytical side, the just – the visualization of that. I really like hearing players just break down what just happened and that, yeah, another part. Yeah. I think it's a theory, a great idea. I just think that uh, emotion might overtake some players and they might have to ax it pretty quick. Um, I liked watching the official, I can't think of his name. Maybe you guys could tell me what it was, go through the replays. Like you actually could see their thought process and how they reround the play. And like, you could actually see their brain ticking and like, okay, did his foot go out of bounds or did it was his knee down or where's the ball when his knee hit? Like a lot of that stuff isn't transparent in the NFL. It's just came up with a decision. Are, are they being told to make that call based on something else? Or is this just they're, they're dumb or they're blind or they don't know the rule? Like I would love to be able to see a guy who is making that call for them and see his thought process. Um, that would be kind of interesting to me. Um, and one thing that has been brought up is the extra points. Um, they did not have – a traditional extra point they had well, what was it five yards out was one point uh, 10 yards out was two, two points was it 15 for three two for one five for two and then okay. 10 uh 10 for five or for three yeah so i don't think the nfl would ever do that but if they're trying to get rid of point afters that would make things a little bit more interesting you know if you're down eight you know it's a one score game still or down nine it's a one score game still I think that that's what I liked about the XFL is if a team was down, you know, 16, it's like, oh, it's only a two-score game or something. Like, they, they had, their math was different. We're so accustomed to it being sevens and threes. Or if, you know, you're down eight, it's technically a one-score game. But um, their math was just a little bit different. I think the NFL could totally do something with that. I don't know if it would be that exact thing, but I totally think that they could adapt some sort of point after, you know, maybe instead of just two points, it's a three-point conversion. I don't know if you guys think that's a possibility, but I, I don't think – why not? I think they could easily adopt it. I don't see it being an issue to take it into the NFL because you still see the two-point conversions at the one – or the two-yard line. You know, extra points are it's so – It's like we're losing Matt here a little with the 
the technical uh, side of things. Uh, yeah, can you hear me now, Randy? Okay. So, yeah, I think when you take a look at the NFL, um, what they could do, they could do a bunch I, of different things. I think what Matt's trying to say is that a lot of teams go for two a lot right now. Okay, I'm back. Can you guys hear me? So, yes. No, now yeah. We can hear you. Back from the dead. I apologize for that. Want to try that again, Matt? Continue. Yes. Yeah, try that one more time. I, I think the NFL could take it in and All right, use maybe it. we lost him again. Um, anyway, while Matt tries to figure that out, <laughs> are you back from the dead? Because I'm not sure you are. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Let's just ride this roller coaster because it's oh, still on my it says bandwidth is low. Well, I'll have to figure that one out. But anyway, the, the NFL could take it. They could run with it. They can make it work. They have ways of integrating stuff. But it's oh, here we go again. transitioning the casual viewer to that. How can you get the viewer to buy in that watches traditional NFL football? It might be a little bit more difficult, but I, I think you can get them to buy in. Yeah, I think what um, Matt said a little bit there when he got mixed up is that you see a lot of guys like Ron Rivera and Mike Tomlin going for two a lot more, uh, especially in situational parts of the game where it, it makes more sense to and you have nothing to lose. So I think a lot of teams would adapt that situation for sure. Um, there was one yeah, part of that that uh, frustrated are, me. Been... That frustrated me so much is that? that teams didn't go for two or three more often. Uh, yeah. A lot of these teams are trying to run pass plays. When you're on the one yard, when you're on the uh, uh, on the goal line, you're more likely to complete a pass from the five yard line than you are from the two yard line. Yeah. I think there's a lot of data for the NFL for that. And each week, I was messaging a bunch of people in all caps. Why aren't they going for two? And yeah, so sorry, I, I was I was very angry right there for a second. I interrupted you. It wasn't nice. Nobody needed to see that. Please, Randy, continue. <laughs> No, I think that's a good point. I think the lack of um, attempts for it, it was frustrating. And I think that goal that they had that was different, but I really didn't care for it because it didn't happen all that often was the double pass. I was really excited for it when I first heard that they were going to have an option for the double pass, but I'm pretty sure only one team did it once and it, <laughs> and it worked. So I was just kind of interested to see if coaches could draw up more double pass plays and it just didn't happen as much. So I'm with you on that, but the analytics probably don't back a double pass play quite like they back, um, you know, going for, for two from the five and going for one on the two. Um, there have been a few players uh, in the XFL who have signed in the NFL, and I think that is a promising sign that they had NFL quality players. Um, the biggest one to me is that they had a quarterback sign a pretty good contract with the Carolina Panthers and P.J. Walker, who was the quarterback of the Houston Roughnecks, who were 5-0 and at the time. Matt, I don't know if your tech side is up and running, if you can hear me or if you're frozen. Uh, did you watch P.J. Walker? And if you did, what did you think of him? Yep, I'm back, hopefully. Hopefully I don't die again. But, yeah, I, I watched <laughs> P.J. Walker quite a bit, and I, I love his game. I think it translates really well to the NFL. He's fast, athletic. Um, he can definitely run an RPO. I love him in, love him in rules system. I think that's a really mm -hmm. good fit. 
So I'm excited. I hope he gets the chance other than just to be a backup because they're not going to cater that offense to his capabilities as they would with Teddy Bridgewater. Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be making $60 million over the life of that contract. That offense is going to be built for Teddy Bridgewater. So mm-hmm. I get why Carolina wanted him. I just wish he would go somewhere where he has a chance to start. I don't know if like, Teddy Bridgewater is like the most impossible person to overtake, but like you said, the, the money, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but I mean, crazier things have happened. We saw Russell Wilson come in as a rookie and take over Matt Flynn pretty much immediately. And they gave him a boatload of money. Um, Ryan, did you get to watch PJ Walker at all? Hell yeah, I did. Um, I actually watched a couple of his games multiple times. Uh, and we, I remember we went over some of his film. Um, one thing that was really kind of impressed with him was his arm strain. Uh, he, was, he was really hitting very tight corners, uh, very tight spots that really shouldn't have been there for somebody who you think would be an XFL-level quarterback uh, or, or lower quarterback than the NFL. He was making a lot of impressive plays, a lot of tight windows. Um, like, I very much recall there was one game, I think it was like in week like three, he was standing on the 30-yard line and just zoomed a guy in the back of the end zone and threw double coverage. And the, the guy is just an impressive player. Honestly, he was always going to be a, a backup in the NFL or third string or whatever. I Really, the only chance I think he would ever have starting is if he got picked up by somebody like Chicago who doesn't know what they're doing and uh, they're saying, oh, well, our quarterback's going to be hurt or hurts in a couple of weeks, so uh, why don't you get some reps in? Because I, I forget which team was doing it in the playoffs, but while he was prepping for the XFL, some team <laughs> wanted to sign him when they were about to play the Ravens, so whoever one of the teams the Ravens played, and the XFL basically told him no <laughs> at that time period, so. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I liked him. I mean, he there's not a whole lot of exciting quarterback play going on in the XFL. I liked uh, Cardale Jones, who helped Ohio State win the national championship, obviously, in 2014. Um, but we kind of saw him a little bit in the NFL. I think he kind of shot himself in the foot there, but I wouldn't be shocked if he got another opportunity. Um, just to t- uh, close the book on walk, uh, he had uh, 1,300 passing yards and 15 touchdown passes, and his team was 5-0. and I mean, he was the most exciting quarterback to watch by far in the league. Um, but other players signed by XFL teams were Jordan Tamu, the old uh, – was it Texas A&M or Mississippi State quarterback? I don't remember which one. Um, he signed with the Chiefs, so he might be a backup for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Dietrich Nichols is a corner from the Houston Roughnecks. He uh, signed with the Saints. Uh, Drayvon Askew-Henry was a corner for the New York Guardians. He stays in the same building at MetLife Stadium for the New York football giants. Um, I mean, those guys just signed contracts. There's no guarantee, you know, anyone makes a team. But I would love for P.J. Walker to, to uh, hang on on the Panthers. I think that'd be great and at least have a lasting memory of the XFL, uh, if nothing else, because they're dead, obviously, and they're probably never coming back. Uh, anyway, XFL, it was fun. 20 games while it lasted. But, you know, the NFL is still uh, very much alive, and there's an exciting – NFL draft next Thursday. We did our first 10 picks of our deep thirds mock draft, all three of us. Uh, Matt, if you'd be so kind, we can go over each of our picks. If you mind pulling up the, uh, the, the, the PowerPoint that you put together for us. 
today we are going to do picks 11 through 21. So if you're a fan of the teams in that range, you're going to want to watch because Ryan has teased. He has some very interesting moves uh, or decisions from some very poorly run teams that I'm excited to hear about as well. Uh, full disclosure, Matt is the only one who knows everyone's picks. <laughs> um, and he actually doesn't know my so he's, one. He, okay, so he only he knows all of what, but one of, of Ryan's. So Ryan and I are going to be very shocked, or maybe lack thereof shocking news uh, for each of our picks. But let's go, let's go over the ones we had. Uh, in the first round, I had Joe Burrow going number one overall to the Bengals. Ryan, same thing. Matt had Tua Tungabailoa picked by the Miami Dolphins in a shocking trade. Uh, Matt, why don't you break down that trade for us? Yeah, we saw the Dolphins want to grab and, you know, kind of a surprise to get to what a lot of people don't think that um, Tua needs to go one or two. He's probably, he, he might be there at five, but I got the Dolphins making sure they get him and they're going to acquire the first overall pick and they are trading a bunch of, a lot Holy, of picks. That is a haul. Holy yes. crap. <laughs> so the, the Bengals are initially shy about trading the first overall pick, but you can't say no to this deal. This deal gets done every day of the week. So the Bengals will be getting – Every time. Yep. Bengals are getting 5, 18, and 26. And from what I can see, it looks like a 2021 second rounder. So I may have missed a pick. That is insanity. All three of their first round picks. All three of their first round picks this year. Yep. And hey, I mean, if you're if you, that's your quarterback right there, though, you know, you don't give up a first next year. I mean, if, if you're all in on a guy, it's not crazy. Not at all. All right. Second round here. Uh, I got Washington staying put, and they haven't said anything about it, but I think they're not sold on Dwayne Haskins, and they're going to pick Tua Tunga Vailoa. Um, I'm the only person who I've seen that has that, and I'm probably wrong, but I don't care. Ryan, you have by far the most interesting decision here. Uh, I think Derek Brown's a good prospect, but second overall is interesting over Chase Young especially. Well, let me hear your thought process here. I mean, well, one, you're only going to hear it from me. Yes. Two, um, two, I mean, like, he he does play – I mean, he was a really good player in college. I mean – uh, yeah, I know the league is like looking more for they're more geared towards we want pass rushers. We're not really not necessarily looking for our number one guy being a nose being a, a nose. But I mean, God, the guy's just so good. I don't have any. I don't have any other expert things. Just God, he's so good. All right, and and Matt, you obviously round us out here with Joe Burrow to the Redskins, which is interesting. Tell us about that. It's just if he's there. He's going to be the quarterback they want. He, He's interesting. I'm not buying the Burrow hype. I think a lot of people are hyping him up off one season. With He had superior talent around him. Alabama had a down year defensively. I don't think Alabama was good defensively as they have been in past years, and I think that reflects mm. in the draft. You, you don't see the volume of number one picks <laughs> defensively that we've grown accustomed to. So I think it was a down year for the SEC defensively, possibly. I'm going to ride that narrative. But Joe Burrow, easy decision for Washington. Probably the best overall quarterback prospect by many. So no-brainer for Washington. All right, let's uh, speed this up a little bit. Like, uh, well, we do have a trade, though, so we have to talk about that a little bit here. Um, I went chalk. I went Jeff Okuda for the Lions. They're going to replace Darius Slay. 
Um, Ryan, you went Chase Young to the Lions, which should be a no-brainer pick for them at that point. And, Matt, you went Chase Young to the Panthers, who trade up. Uh, tell us about this deal. Yeah, the Panthers will acquire the third overall pick, and they're shipping 730 or pick number seven, pick number 38, and a 2021 second rounder standard draft pick chart value for them. Yeah, again, I mean, you're not giving up more than one first rounder at that point. I think that's a great deal for the Panthers. And if the Lions agree to that, they're dumb. So, yeah. Matt Patricka. <laughs> yeah. All right. The fourth pick. Um, Mine is totally a homer pick by me because I had the best player in the draft falling to my favorite team, uh, the New York football Giants. Uh, I have selecting Chase Young, the defensive end stud from Ohio State. Uh, Ryan has Isaiah Simmons being drafted by the Miami Dolphins here. Talk about the Giants training back for the first time in Dave Gettleman's life, Ryan. Oh, you want me to talk about it? Um, Yeah. Well, number one, it was Dave Gettleman. And uh, two – uh, I mean, I think Simmons would actually fit in with the Dolphin, fit in with the Dolphins in their uh, in their linebacking core. Um, I I just don't have hope in the Giants like you do, Randy. So yeah, well, at least you don't have. I know you don't have hope in the Giants you- either, but I really don't have hope in them and how they run as an organization. So yeah. I had a feeling that they were going to trade back and they were going to trade back for one spot, and then what? What was the other part? Uh, third and fourth rounder. Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds like something I said. <laughs> I would, I would welcome that. Honestly, I, I think trading back and getting some draft capital is good for a team that's not close to contending. You need to acquire draft capital to improve your team. So if, if Dave Gettleman trades back even a pick, I'm okay with it. Uh, and then Matt picks the most probably likely uh, option of all of us here, and Tristan Wirfs, uh, the offensive lineman. Um, yeah, that's probably the most likely situation there. All right, Matt. All right. All right. So fifth fifth pick. Yeah, fifth pick, Matt. We want you to break this one down for us. Yeah, well, I mean, I, we know Randy's in love with Justin Herbert, so he, he had the <laughs> Dolphins taking Herbert there. Ryan, I, I think Ryan took a solid pick here. I, I like it with Jeffrey Akuda. The shock of the draft. I know a lot of people think Jordan Love is a second-round talent, but I feel the way Jordan about Jordan Love as Ryan feels about Jalen Hurts. I love Jordan Love. It's in the name. He's got a huge arm. The Giants pick that Ryan acquired to move back, they take a CUDA. The Bengals receiving the first part of the boatload they got from the Dolphins to take Jordan Love. Well, didn't you refer to this pick as the worst pick in the history of the of the NFL draft? And then all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, now you love Jordan Love. I mean, I I love Jordan Love. Uh, I think he's probably this third best quarterback prospect in this draft. That's where I have Jordan Love. So, what made you change, Matt, from the worst pick in well, no, the history of the NFL draft? It, it's still the worst pick because you could have had him at twenty six. Like, when they traded back, they could have got a premier defensive talent. But this is the Bengals. They have tunnel vision when it comes to things like these. They think they need quarterback. They want to get quarterback. So they're going to go, and they're going to get themselves a quarterback. All right. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Let's see the sixth pick here. I went. Uh, the Panthers trading up one pick and snagging Isaiah Simmons. They are going to need some defensive help 
Uh, maybe he can rep, uh, rush the passer is one of the words I'm trying to get out of my mouth. Uh, he can cover tight ends. He is a stud linebacker who can play every position on defense, and I think uh, Carolina is going to be all over that. Uh, they traded up with the Chargers, um, and the Chargers will get the seventh overall pick to pick after this and a fifth rounder from this year. Uh, Ryan, you have Tua falling to the Chargers at five. Um, as part of, uh, I mean, they just, they're just going to get lucky and six. get Tua to fall into their lap at six. Apologies, six. I apparently forgot how to read and forgot how this works. Um, and then, Matt, you have Jeff Okuda going to the Chargers because they need to bolster their secondary, right? Yeah, I think the Chargers need a lot, but I don't think they're willing to mortgage high draft capital on players that they don't feel – equals that pick value. So they're going to take the best player available at this point, still with Jalen Hurts out there, still with Justin Herbert out there. They just don't equate the sixth overall pick to that talent level. So they're going to stay where they're at. They're going to get Jeffrey Okuda and start fixing the back end of that defense. All right, let's go on to the seventh pick in the draft. Uh, As I said, I had the Chargers swapping with um, the Panthers there. So seventh overall, I believe the Chargers are going to sign either Jameis Winston or Cam Newton. So I think they're going to have to try to protect them. So they're going to pick Jedrick Wills, the offensive lineman uh, from Alabama, um, seventh overall. Uh, Ryan has Jalen Hurts going to the Carolina Panthers, which is awfully high, Ryan. I mean, you love Jalen Hurts. You love Well, okay, one, I love Jalen. Two, uh, I, I made more of this as more of a fan pick because he's just so underrated. He takes a lot of crap because he's a running quarterback. He doesn't know how to throw, even though he's had one of the better completions percentages since he's been in college. And when he was in a starter, he's been, he's been great. Uh, I just think he deserves this, and there's no other reason than that. He's not going to get drafted at seventh, but I, I feel like it would be a great fit. It would be a great fit, and he deserves it. So. Hey, I have Chase Young falling to four to my Giants, so you can do whatever you want to our mock draft at yep. the end of the day. Uh, uh, <laughs> Matt, you have Isaiah Simmons getting snagged by the Lions here at seven after their trade with the uh, the Panthers. Um, obviously, it's a great value for, for, the, for the Lions here. Yeah, you talk about dumb luck. They somehow got a windfall in Isaiah Simmons. I thought Simmons would fit well with the Chargers, but looking at what the Chargers really wanted to do, they could shut down half the field with Akuda. Simmons fits the Lions' defensive transition pretty well. Matt Patricka was obviously one of the driving forces behind the Patriots' defense, and Simmons in that Lions' defense is going to be really scary. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's a great pick for them. I think he'll fit in with their defense really well. Uh, eighth pick is the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and there's not a pick apparently in the first round that we have without any trade action here. But uh, I went them uh, helping out their offense and their young young players here with uh, Kyler Murray and them acquiring DeAndre Hopkins. They're going full, uh, full fully operational here on offense with Kai Beckton, the offensive lineman from Louisville. Uh, he stays a Cardinal. Ryan also says they're going offensive line with Jedrick Wills, uh, the offensive lineman from Alabama. And Matt, you have the Jets moving up here and graf- drafting what I think is the best wide receiver here in the whole draft in Jerry Judy. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, this is the spot where I think you're going to see the first trade, either that or the lines. These are the two most logical spots for a trade to take place. There's a ton of offensive lineman talent in this draft. It's one of the deepest positions. And I don't think that the Jets are going to want the Raiders to jump them. So this is the spot where it makes the most sense. I don't see the Jaguars wanting to trade down, not with two first-round picks. Cleveland has to get an offensive lineman, and they're literally drooling at the opportunity at 10 to get the first offensive lineman taken, or the second, depending on where you have them. But I think this is the most logical spot. The Cardinals need a lot of pieces, and this helps them fill out that roster. So Jerry Judy to the Jets. Cardinals get a 2020 third rounder and a 2021 fourth rounder to help recoup some of that lost capital for the DeAndre Hopkins trade. I think it's smart just for the Cardinals to go back three spots. They're still going to land the tackle there, like you said. So I don't hate that move at all. Uh, and at picking ninth for most of us or all of us, yeah, no trades. The Jaguars hang tight. Uh, this, this is where I think the biggest question mark comes uh, right off the top here. I think that the, <laughs> the Jags completely just ignore Jerry Judy and his existence and pick Henry Ruggs, who is the second best player on that team and probably the third best receiver prospect first at ninth overall. Uh, Ryan went Clavon with a chase on. I don't know how to say his name. Chasen. Ryan, can you help me out with that? Chasen. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to be ch- chasing down some quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL. See what I did, did there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Matt, you and Javon Kinlaw, a defensive lineman stud for the Jacks, who I think is a, is a totally a Jacksonville pick. I think they were totally going to go defensive lineman here, or I think they could. Uh, wouldn't shock me either. All right, let's move on to 10 since there's no trade action. Um, we're going to round out the top 10 here. I went the Browns taking chalk. They desperately need offensive line help for Baker Mayfield. Uh, I have them going Andrew Thomas. Uh, he has been a three-year starter, maybe four-year starter for the, the for Georgia. And, uh, yeah, he's one of the best big four offensive tackles in this draft, and Cleveland's going to be thrilled to get him at 10. Ryan, this one is the most – Surprising one of anything, I think. Um, why don't you elaborate on Michael Pittman going to the Browns? Until the Browns stop being the Cleveland Browns, this pick is in play. <laughs> Who cares if they're going to pick the, what, 12th best receiver, 15th best receiver maybe at number 10 in the draft? Until the Browns prove me wrong, this pick is in play. All right, well, if next Thursday we – here michael pittman uh i don't think we'll ever hear the end of it from you i don't know i i would never let you hear the end of it if it was me that's for sure <laughs> and then matt you went Derek brown here tell me why they went defensive line and not offensive line i think with signing jake conklin and filling some spots and like i said it's a deep offensive line draft they're going to be able to get a player like cesar ruiz in the second round to help that interior Could they use a left tackle? They could, but I kind of feel they need a disruptor on defense. With Miles Garrett on the outside to rush the passer, I really feel complimenting him with an interior defensive lineman like Derek Brown just makes a ton of sense for this team. And it's really going to be hard to score on Cleveland. And keep in mind, the reason why they go interior defensive line, you have to play against Lamar Jackson and the running orientated Mm -hmm. Um, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh, you know what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to go back to more of a run-based ground attack with only Jay um, Schuster on there. 
team. I can't believe I forgot his first name. JJ Schuster or something like Juju. that. Juju Schuster. Ju- yes. Juju Smith Schuster. And I, yes. I, think, I think that team goes back to a more running game, and that's what Cleveland is going to try to shut down with that interior bulk on that defensive line. All right. So there you have it. That is our top 10. Uh, Matt does not have uh, um, our top, our 11 through 21 picks on PowerPoint. So this is just going to be us on cam here, um, which is fine. I like seeing your faces more. Um, so especially we get to see more Ryan's hair flip. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Hashtag um, hair flip. So hashtag hair flip indeed. Uh, all right. I don't know, Matt, you want to start us off here with pick 11 with the, which it's not the Jets for you, right? It would be the Arizona Cardinals picking here at 11. Yep, it's the Arizona Cardinals, and they get the offensive lineman they wanted to begin with, Mekhi Becton. All right, Mekhi Becton, same guy I had them taking at eight, and they got him later in 11th and picked up a pick in the meantime. So that would be smart for the Cardinals to uh, make that work. Um, Ryan, who do you have the Jets selecting here at 11th? I have a CD Lamb, uh, wide receiver out of uh, OU. Um, the reason why I picked it is just because w- whenever I watched the Jets this past year, I wasn't ever particularly too impressed by their offense. I wasn't really too impressed by, I mean, one Sam Darnold, but I wasn't really impressed by like uh, a lot of guys who they had in, in their uh, in the receiving core. I think one thing that Lamb does better is that he creates more open space. Um, it's going to be a lot more. It's going to make Darnold's life easier and live up to maybe live up to the media hype if uh, he has somebody like this. So I feel like that'd be his best pick for the Jets. Interesting. All right. Well, I, you know, the Jets have a lot of issues, I think Uh, more so like receiver problems, offensive line problems, a lot of holes on defense. Um, And a little birdie told me that a team really itching in the, in the teens here. So I have the Atlanta Falcons trading up to 11 and they give the Jets their 16th pick, their 2023rd round pick, and a 2023rd next year. So the Jets trade back because my thought process is if you have a top 100 pick, that is a day one starter regardless. The Jets need a lot of help in a lot of places, and this is a deep drop for a lot of positions. So, yeah, they might miss out on a top-tier receiver or offensive lineman, but they might get another starter in the meantime by getting that extra third-round pick. So now the Jets have three first-round picks because the Giants were dumb enough to give them a third-round pick for Leonard Williams. So <laughs> the Jets have a few picks in the top 100 now. But picking 11th is now the Atlanta Falcons, and they really – they're like, you can't believe this guy fell to us at 11. And it's Derek Brown, the stud defensive tackle from Auburn. I think the Falcons want an interior defensive lineman, a guy who can cause problems in the middle – um, I think their defense is probably the worst defense in the whole division. And I think that now this totally helps their front seven. And I hope, I think it's going to open up opportunities uh, for pass rushers on the outside. And yeah, did they give up a lot for them? Sure. But in their minds, they're sold on Derek Brown. Yeah. I mean, I have to take minor issue with the Jets trading back there, Randy, because I mean, the whole time this team is built around Sam Darnold. I mean, right. I saw the great and all-knowing Colin Cowherd predict Sam Darnold to throw over 30 touchdowns. How's he going to throw 30 touchdowns without Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb? Well, maybe they hope that one of those guys will fall to him. I mean, the crazier things have happened. It's probably not going to happen, which plenty of spoilers in my mock draft. But um, they need offensive line help just as much as they need wide receiver help. And I think 
that if you have a good offensive running game, you can make uh, receivers work. Um, they signed Brashad Perriman, who is basically just a replacement for um, what was their receiver's name that they had? A good. Uh, he signed with the Panthers. I can't think of his name. Uh, sorry, Jets fans. <laughs> but he was the speedster on the outside. Perriman and him are just basically a wash. Yeah, I know that they need a lot of help, but I think this helps them gain another player in a round. They're you know, the Jets are probably not that smart, but they get a player in round three. Um, maybe it's an offensive lineman to help bolster, you know, check Sam Darnold. And we'll see what happens with, uh, with pick 16. So, all right, Rob, number 12, Ryan, who are the Las Vegas Raiders going to pick here at number 12? That sounds so weird. Um, so the Raiders defense is atrocious. I understand that John Gruden's more of an offensive guy. Um, they have two picks within this time span. I think they're going to use both of them on defense just because it would just make the most sense for them to use both of them on defense. Um, I have them picking up uh, Xavier McKinney, uh, safety out of Bama. Um, and I know that, uh, Matt, you said you weren't really as impressed with Bama's defense this year. Their, their defense was still really good. They just, had some, they just had some injuries, and when their offense needed to keep up at the right times, they just didn't. Um, McKinney, how he was used, I, I think would really benefit the Raiders. He covered a lot of ground. They used him a lot on the blitz, using a lot of blitzing. They used him. Uh, he, he looks great in man coverage. Uh, I mean, basically what you would expect, the typical stereotype of this guy plays at Bama, you would expect out of this guy. Um, I, I really think that this would be a great pickup by Las Vegas. Um, yeah. So Yeah, it's that, weird saying Vegas. <laughs> Definitely weird saying Vegas. All right, Matt. Uh, number, on the clock, number 12, pick uh, Las Vegas Raiders are the – Vegas Raiders picking for you in the spot. They're, they're going to go – yeah, they're going to go wide receiver, and they're going to take C.D. Lamb. They need a wide receiver. Okay. Um, they need to freshen up that offense a little bit. Some parts need to improve. In the NFL, you win by points. Vegas is all about points. you got a flashy new stadium. You need a flashy new offense. Yeah, Matt, we're on the same same wavelength here because um, – and you need to – I mean, I'm not sold on Derek Carr. I'm not sure Gruden is either, but I think they're going to go Jerry Judy and try to make some flash happen here in the Sin City. Um, he's, I think, the best receiver in this draft. I think he's very – Odell Beckham Jr. I think he's exciting. Um, I think he could totally help uh, elevate the play of Tyrell Williams and hopefully – I mean, he'll open up space for uh, that little white slot receiver that we all thought was going to be a Patriot. <laughs> Hunter Renfro, I believe his name was. Um, yeah, I think that they're picking a wide receiver here, especially if C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy is available. And I think Judy's the guy here for me. Um, I think it's a no-brainer, too, considering that they need a number one uh, on the outside. All right, we have the San Francisco 49ers team that made an appearance in the Super Bowl, uh, trading up with, well, trading up, they, they swapped um, DeForest Buckner for the 13th overall pick with the Indianapolis Colts. So they are on the clock here at 13, Matt. Uh, who do you have them taking here? Well, with the 49ers losing Emmanuel Sanders, they desperately need to fill a wide receiver void. I know they have talent on the outside. They're going to take Justin Jefferson, wide receiver out of LSU with this spot. Yeah, I think for sure that they definitely are going to need uh, to fill offensive uh, an offensive playmaker spot in for Emmanuel Sanders. But they're a team that primarily runs the ball. So, And this is a deep wide receiver class. So for me, um, I think they're going to have to replace DeForest Buckner, I think is more of a priority. 
on the defensive. I have them picking Clavon Chasen here um, from LSU. Obviously, Ryan had him going a little earlier, but I think, you know, they're going to go defensive end here or they're going to go wide receiver. And I just think Chasen's going to be a great, great pick for them in this spot. Uh, Ryan, who do you have San Francisco picking? Um, I actually have, um, you, I believe both of you guys had him going earlier, but I have uh, Henry Ruggs falling to 13. And if, if he's not available, I feel, I feel like that they would probably still go with something at receiver because I don't think they're going to move on from Garoppolo as much as a lot of people were trying to advocate for them to. Um, this kind of gives more reason for them to stick with Garoppolo. I, I feel like Garoppolo did have a great season last year, but I feel like they're just going to try to do something to make that offense run just a little bit better, make their passing game a little bit more relevant when they need it to be. Um, and I feel like if Ruggs is this far low, he's going to go there. If not, yeah, I think it's, receiver. I, I think receiver is a good, a good idea for them at that spot for sure. Um, all right, now we have the team with Tom Brady on it, interesting enough, picking 14th overall. Uh, it's higher than the Tom Brady team is usually picking but he's not the reason why that would be because of James Winston uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers picking here at 14 uh Ryan where do you have the Bucks going um so I think we all have uh different ideas where the, these offensive linemen are going uh O-linemen I think it's a really hard position to actually kind of judge um more so I had just Tristan Wirfs from uh Iowa dropping this slow and I feel like it's just more I think I told you guys in chat that um they, they, you can always use more offensive linemen. Uh, obviously, um, there were a lot of issues, and we don't know what those issues were with the Bucks. It was more so just Jameis Winston just throwing around, whether he had enough protection. Um, and I have him going this far lower, and you have to listen to this quote. Um, he feels that he can play either left tackle or right tackle because he's just trying to get in the lineup. But this quote from Pro Football Talk uh, – from Wirfs. When I first started flipping back and forth, I mean, talking about where he wants to play, um, I was thinking, trying, trying to look for a big difference. Honestly, the only thing different is you got your other hand down. It feels awkward at first, but once you settle in, it feels fine. It kind of feels like wiping your butt with your <laughs> other hand. It just feels a little awkward at first, but you get used to it. <laughs> I love this guy. This yeah. guy's awesome. <laughs> um, that's great. Uh, I think that's smart. And uh, Tom Brady's 43 years old, not getting any younger. <laughs> so you're going to have to protect him. And I think their offense could be great if Brady stays upright. So I also have Tristan Wirfs going to the Bucks here at 14. So I don't know if I should feel awkward about that because Ryan's like the kind of like ballsy picker sort of thing. But anyway. Well, are you the left hand or the right hand? It makes a big difference apparently. Or not that much difference, according to him. Um, I'm, I'm a right-hander, so I go righty basically. Okay, so right tackle. So. There you go. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> and Matt, uh, where do you have Tampa Bay team? Well, I already have Tristan Wirfs off the board going to your New York Giants, Randy. So you should feel pretty happy that he's he can put his I'm right excited or left. Now. Yeah. I mean, he's all about <laughs> pooping and trying to use other hands, wiping his behind. I love. Um, yeah, uh, I too have the Bucks going offensive line here. I think it makes a lot of sense for what they need with Tom Brady. Obviously, they have pen, plenty of weapons to choose from offensively to help Brady. And their defense was actually really good last year. That doesn't get talked about enough with Tampa Bay. They were a top 10 defense yeah. in a lot of statistical categories. 
I have them taking Jedrick Wills yep. here. Perfect fit. Good spot. Okay. Great value. Yeah, no doubt. Like I said, I think there's four elite offensive linemen here, and I'd be shocked if, if any of them are gone past Tampa Bay at this point. So, um, yeah, I think they're absolutely gone offensive line. Um, <clears throat> Denver uh, is here on at 15, and they have a lot of uh, holes to fill. But it seems like they're all in on their quarterback. Neither of you tell me his name because I forget off the top of my head. Drew Locke from Missouri. Uh, his name was. Drew, Drew Locke from Missouri. You're the Missouri guy. So, yeah. Uh, I like Drew Locke. His face is kind of weird to me. He looks like a little bit of like a baby sort of. Um, yeah, but he does. But he likes that one. He looks like that. He likes that one little Jeezy song. So, he's cool for me in my book. Um, what's his? <laughs> John Elway said that he wants to build around Drew Locke. He's all in on Drew Locke. So for me, I take that as if this guy's going to fall to you here at 15, you take it and you run with it. You don't even think twice about it. I have them taking CD Lamb. Uh, he's falls to them at 15. He's a stud receiver to go along Cortland Sutton. And I think that uh, they could, that could easily turn into one of the best receiving cores in the entire NFL. Um, and then, yeah, you're all in a Drew Lock at that point. Um, I'd be shocked if – I don't know if C.D. Lamb is really going to fall that far, but we'll see. If he's there, I think Denver takes him and they run with it. Um, Matt, who do you have Broncos taking here at 15? They're in on lock. So that's obvious that you want to help a young quarterback. And I think the best way to help a young quarterback is get him help. And what's the best way to get him help? Give him time. They're going to take Andrew Thomas here at 15. Just an absolute great pick. Steal that he's still there. They get one of the elite offensive linemen. Yeah. They are very happy. Yeah, that's that's a steal there at 15. I think that they, they would absolutely be thrilled with that for sure. Um, Ryan, what about you? Where do you have Denver going here? Okay. I don't have Denver here. I have them, wow. I have them trading this pick because um, – well, first, I'm just going to like ask you a question. What do you think is going to be – what do you think is the dumbest thing that could happen at this point in the draft? Um, probably something to do with the Bears. Yeah. Okay, so Denver <laughs> is going to trade away their number one pick because the Chicago <laughs> Bears don't know what they're doing. They're going to trade away to get in this first round because they're going to feel desperate and trade away a second-round pick in Khalil Mack. Oh, my God. pick up oh Justin Justin Herbert, quarterback from Oregon, because we have proof right now. Ryan Pace is acting like this is 2017 all over again. We have Mitch Trubisky. We have a quarterback who's making like 20 million a year, whatever the hell it, whatever the hell it is. Huge, big contract. Uh, that then they're saying they have a quarterback competition. They don't know what they're doing. The only thing I could fit, mention at this point was oh. Uh, Vic Fangio, he's a big defensive guy. He's gonna if, if he has a chance to place somebody, Ryan Pace is gonna show up to his door. Just hand him Khalil Mack, hand him another pick, do whatever they want because he doesn't know what he's doing. And after the season, it'll be all over, and we won't have to talk about Ryan Pace or Matt Maggie again. And this is gonna be the move to do it. Matt, you all right with Justin Herbert as your quarterback going forward? <laughs> I'm I'm at a loss for words, man. You gave up Khalil Mack. I'm just imagining Von Miller and Khalil Mack off of the edges, and I'm just uh, I hope the Giants don't have to play the Broncos this year. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
Oh, Matt, are you there, buddy? Are you dead? <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to talk about this right now. I mean, if if this if this happens, I'm done. I'm out. This is beyond stupid. You don't have any draft capital. You have holes everywhere on this team, and you're trading the one part of your team. I mean, the cap hit's going to be twenty million on getting rid of Cleo Mack. I'm, I'm sorry, I take that back. Twenty six million dollars. Like this is about the dumbest of the dumb picks I've ever seen in my entire life. I. The, the, Ryan is, Pace picked Mitch Trubisky over Pat Mayhomes and Deshaun Watson. This, anything is on the oh. board. And you and I have already talked about this. He, he's not great. He's not a great in the draft. And the thing, the thing that really, when I was thinking about this, I was like, I need to think of something stupid, but something stupid that sounds like it could happen. Because this is just dumb enough for the Chicago Bears. I don't know, man. I, I don't see it. Yeah, man. I I mean, you, you got Go Nick ahead. Foles and you got Mitch Trubisky. That's already your approaching. Bears, like, signed what's-his-face long neck, uh, Mike Lennon, to so a big contract, and they but, came around and, and, and they, they drafted, drafted Trubisky. Trubisky. But that's two quarterbacks. So the only way this makes sense is if you get rid of Trubisky. Trubisky has to go at that point. And that's going to be an $8 million hit on your cap anyway because he's got to make $8 million this year. This is a disaster of a trade. You mean a team that has 30 tight – how many tight ends they have on the roster right now? They just cut one. They got rid of Trey one. Burden. Well, you got one. one. Yeah, they cut one. Honestly, okay. if this really I happens, we need to... you're going to see me with a bottle of Malor, a photo on Facebook, and that's the only thing that you're going to see. You probably won't hear from me for about three days. No, we need an emergency pod if that happens. If we already don't have an emergency pod when Chase Young falls to the Giants at four, this is the emergency pod moment of the draft right here. This this would be an all-time Matt breakdown moment. And honestly, I didn't um, know I needed this in my life until now. <laughs> but no, I'm, kind of I, I, no, I, I'm done. I, I, I won't I, – I will be done with football. I just, th- th- that would be my breaking point of – Football. Everything that <sighs> – Man, the, the, yep, I, I have no more comment on that. <laughs> okay, okay, let's let's move on to the sixteen if we can, because I think we all need a break from that. <laughs> that is insanity. Um, that is that is just off the wall thinking. Uh, all right, sixteen uh, is typically going to be the Atlanta Falcons for most people here. Matt, bring us back to Earth. <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons are going to take at 16. Atlanta gets some much-needed secondary help. They take a really good corner in C.J. Henderson here. Yeah, he's he's the second-best corner of the draft. Some people think he's the best. Uh, I love his footwork. I think he, he's smooth. Um, I think he's a little bit bigger than Okuda. Um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's – I think Atlanta's going to be really happy with that pick. Ryan, you have Atlanta picking here? If so, who you got him taking? I also have them picking C.J. Henderson uh, out of Florida. So, uh, my reasoning for it was more um, – I know that Florida has been playing the SEC East, and, you know, the two best quarterbacks in that division were Jake Fromm and Kelly Bryant, so it's not as uh, not as uh, quarterback-laden division. But he he looked good. He did look good in coverage. Um, he moved well. I mean, even in, like, their first game against – I think it was uh, uh, against the U – 
Um, their that defense really picked it up when their quarterback kind of just went out. I watched Florida a lot this past year. Um, he's a very impressive player. Yeah, no doubt. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to work out well in the NFL. Uh, Atlanta's going to be happy, I think, for sure. Um, now the Jets, you know, my mock were really hoping that Denver went a different route, and they were really hoping that they didn't go CD Lamb. They were hoping they would get blessed. Um, but unfortunately, the top three receivers are gone in my mock. So the Jets, you know, the back pages aren't going to like this pick. But let's be honest, it's going to be a smart pick. They're going to go Josh Jones, an offensive lineman from Houston. Um, they, you know, they traded back. This is what you get for trading back. You kind of, you don't get an elite player, but you get a, you know, a lineman who can hopefully help your team. So uh, they don't go crazy, but they pick something that could hopefully protect Sam Darnold for them. So uh, not, a, not a sexy pick. Back pages are probably going to kill him for it, but you know you did what you have to do. Um, okay, uh, seventeen is going to be the Dallas Cowboys, Matt. And I gotta say, you surely said if you are a Cowboys fan, you're going to want to watch this. So I assume you have something exciting for us to hear about the Dallas Cowboys pick. You know, there's nothing worse in the NFL than not having an answer at quarterback long term. You know, you, you're always wondering what's next. Dak wants a whole lot of money, and Dallas isn't sure if it's Dak or Zeke or Amari Cooper or that offensive line. So you know what Dallas does? No, don't freeze on it. No, come no. on. No, no, come back. Come back, Matt. Suspense. Matt, come back. I'm, I'm, I'm no. here. I hear you guys. No. The suspense is. All right, so the Dallas Cowboys, with this pick, not knowing who their quarterback is going to be, to fill you guys in the suspense, it's going to be Justin Herbert to fill the need at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Wow, let's go. Oh, man, I would love for the Cowboys just to absolutely botch this pick. But I like Justin Herbert, but they're going to pay Dak, so I don't know if that's really going to happen here. But I love your thought process, and I think the Cowboys fans are not going to be happy with that. So. That's why I like especially. Um, all right, for those who don't remember, Ryan, you went A.J. Espinessa from Iowa, the defensive end. Uh, I'm going to go into defense as well for them. I'm going to go Javon Kinlaw. I think this is new for the, the Cowboys here at 17. Uh, obviously, this is a, a stud defensive lineman from South Carolina. Um, I just think that their defense was lackluster in all levels besides um, some pa- a couple pass rushers here and there. So uh, I think they definitely need to go defense. Um, all right, Matt, uh, we're going to move on here to pick 18 with Miami, which you don't have Miami from what I understand. It's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals picking at 18, right? Yes, sir. And they're going to take Calevon Chasen, defensive end. They're going to get build up that defense with the plethora of picks they now have. Yeah, I think that's a great value for them at that spot for sure. Um, all right, Ryan, do you have Miami picking at 18? And if so, who? Um, I actually have them rounding out their new linebacking, uh, new new defensive core, their linebacking core, um, with getting Patrick Queen uh, out of LSU. Um, really, the reason why I have him here, and I believe I I forget who I had them pick earlier, but uh, the reason why I have them here is because um, he just looks so good in coverage. Um, 
the times when I actually have to watch him, obviously he got to play against, you know, Tua. He got to play against uh, uh, Jalen. He got to play against Trevor Lawrence. Um, they're the uh, LSU's uh, second level performed so well in all their big moments. And even though, yeah, they had the greatest offense in history, that defense wasn't awful. And uh, one big reason was because of their scheme. I believe he fits in really well with what Miami is going to be trying to do in the future. Um, and that they're just trying not to be an XFL team and try to play with the big boys now. But um, yeah, I'm actually really impressed with this. I think Miami is going to be starting a few steps in the right direction after this year. Yeah, I, I, great name too, right? Patrick Queen. I think that's a, a fantastic name, and I'm excited to see it on the back of an NFL jersey. Uh, also, I think it's a little bit higher than I expected him to go, but I definitely think he's going to be a good NFL player for sure. Um, yeah. I have, um, you know, remember when the when the Bears traded? I'm not the Bears. When the Raiders traded Mac to the Bears, and it's that Family Guy scene where it's like a boat is a boat, but a mystery box can be anything, even a boat. Remember that scene? You guys ever seen that yeah. scene? Usually yep. they picked they picked the defensive end with the pick that they got from the Mac trade. <laughs> Uh, basically, it's just not the same guy. Well, Miami traded Micah Fitzpatrick to the Steelers, so they're going to replace Micah Fitzpatrick with C.J. Henderson, <laughs> this cornerback uh, who I think is really good, but he's not making Micah Fitzpatrick. But the teams do this stuff all the time, and it all comes back full circle for Miami. They're going to get the Florida kid to stay in Florida. Okay. Vegas on the clock again. They have three first-round picks unless you're Matt Bushnell. Ryan, who do you have them picking here at 19? Um, again, I, I, like I said earlier, I have them going double defense. I've been having them pick Christian Fulton, uh, corner out of LSU. Um, yeah, I, I kind of gave like a lot of good reasons for Queen. It's kind of basically the same thing. Kid's really aggressive. I like him. Yeah, I mean, same team. I mean, both both playmakers played on the same side a lot of the time. Who did you have Vegas taking earlier? I forget. Was it Henderson? Uh, Xavier McKinney. So I have them going uh, secondary on both. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously their secondary wasn't very good. I know they had injuries, but you gotta. Uh, this might improve it more than than we realize. Uh, Nineteen for the yeah the Vegas Raiders for you too, man. Um, right? Is am I right about that? Yep. Yep. Did no, I get I... your Bengals and the Raiders mixed up? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely are. I did. So nope. At nineteen. Yeah. The, the Raiders, they don't love Derek Carr. And they took CeeDee Lamb, and they need shiny new weapons for offense. So Gruden identifies a guy, and he goes and gets his teammate, Jalen Hurts, gets picked by the Raiders. Whew. I mean, that one might be more shocking than the Cowboys pick. That is – I mean, you, you don't think Harry Owens still? I mean, didn't they sign him? I excitement, Randy. Excitement sells in Vegas. <laughs> okay, you're right. Um, so my pick is not exciting at all. I have them just trying to uh, help their offense and protect Derek Carr and help Josh Jacobs and their new weapon and Jerry Judy. I have them picking who I think is the best remaining offensive lineman is Cesar Ruiz. And then they're going to say he's a big character guy and then he's going to improve their, their culture. And it's probably not going to work out well for them. He's a Michigan guy. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, 19, Cesar Ruiz, Ruiz, I should say, um, for the Vegas Raiders. 
uh, questionable pick for Gruden. What's up, Matt? Out of all your picks, Randy, and I, I've seen all of them. <laughs> this, by far, is the one I hate the most. Like, I, I can't see it. You're drafting an interior offensive lineman who's not even the most dominant. He's, he's questionable as being the most dominant interior offensive lineman in this draft. He's projected to fall mid-second round. That, that's where his talent uh-huh. – and, and you have the Raiders taking Cesar Ruiz mm-hmm. when they already have I, – I, I don't see it. I, I don't think offensive line's a problem for this team. I think outside playmakers and defense definitely are. But it, it is shocking. This pick literally shocked me. More I, than the Cleo Mack one? <laughs> I didn't know that was coming. Like, uh, I, I, I don't even want to talk about it, Ryan. <laughs> that, that is. I mean, <sighs> the Raiders The Raiders are a team who had fourth overall pick last year, and they had Josh Allen right there in their lap, the, the stud pass-rushing linebacker that fell to Jacksonville, who I wanted the Giants to take so bad. And who did they take? You remember the guy's name who they took? the guy who was projected to go late first round because uh, he just wasn't as talented, but he had a good motor and he had a good uh, personality and he was good for the culture. So they picked oh, him yeah. number four overall. It was more, like, um, let me just look up his name because it's driving me nuts. Yeah. Defensive yes, end out of Clemson. Clemson. But he, yes. And you know, he was projected to go in the twenties and they picked him fourth overall. And it was like the most mind, like the most questionable picks ever. So yes, uh, it's, it, should they go defense here? Yes, they absolutely should go defense. But it's the Raiders. It's Cleveland Farrell. Cleveland Farrell is his name. And he had he didn't even have that good of a year. And he wasn't even close to the best pass rusher in that draft. He wasn't even close to the best defensive player in the draft. And they picked him so high and they prioritized him for what? Because John Gruden liked him because of his culture and he's gonna his personality and he's a character guy. I don't trust the Raiders. I could see them making a questionable decision right here. Is their offensive line solid? Yes. Could it be better? Absolutely. So I could see them making this pick. Um, okay. I'll start us off here at 20 just to keep things uh, kind of uh, random here. Um, Jacksonville, I have picking here at 20. Uh, Xavier McKinney, safety at Alabama, making the, they're picking two Alabama players in this draft. Uh, McKinney, you had going a little earlier, Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of make up for the fact that they botched that pick so bad. Um, but, oh, well. I think this is going to be a, for Henry Ruggs at nine overall. I think they're going to like Xavier McKinney kind of replacing Jalen Ramsey. Again, this is the Rams pick. So, yeah, come full circle on that as well. Ryan, who do you have the Jacksonville Jaguars picking at 20? I actually don't know how to say his first name, but Gross Matos, at, uh, the defensive end out of Penn State. Um, I actually I watched him a few times this year. He looked really good against Iowa. Iowa had a great offensive line. Gets off the ball really quick. Got a lot of pressure on Nick Stanley. Got a lot of pressure. Um, I believe uh, Penn State was actually winning against uh, Minnesota earlier in that game, and that was a real uh, another big one. But um, yeah, I was actually uh, pretty impressed with the amount of pressure Penn State was able to use this year. Um, Gross Matos looked so good. Um, this would be a great pick for the Jags. Um, I'm not sure if they will actually pick it because I was I was actually going back and forth when I was making this and for each group of picks, I have to make one that's really, really absurd. And the Jaguars are usually the most absurd franchise, but this time I just, I think they'll, I think they'll play it right. They'll play it safe. And I think that's probably going 
something that they need. Yeah, I think they could put him opposite, uh, and they would have two really good uh, edge rushers that are athletic linebackers too. So I think they'd be have a have a hell of a pass rush if they could get Unique and Gakwe to stay too, which doesn't appear to be the case, but we'll see about that. Uh, Matt, who do you have uh, the Jaguars picking here at 20? I think Jacksonville is going to take the approach of building up their lines. They addressed their first need at defensive line with Javon Kinlaw. I think this time they realize they need – they have a big running back in Leonard Fournette. They need to get some push on the offensive line. They're going to take Austin Jackson out of USC. Offensive tackle. Yeah, that's – yeah, that's the guy I see projected going to the Jets a lot. And I also see a second-round grade on him a lot, too. So that's – I think it's a little bit of a reach. But at the same time, if you're not in love with uh, Cesar Ruiz, Matt, uh, if you, and you need a tackle, then you kind of have to make those decisions, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the best available tackle left on the board at this point. And I – with the run on tackles, you're not going to take your chances. He may not be there with teams like the 49ers, the Packers, and the Patriots, who all have to address offensive line needs. Yeah, no question. Um, so we have approached the 21st pick, which is the last pick we will be doing on this podcast in, general, uh, in particular. We will round out the first round in our show uh, before the draft next Wednesday. Um, so the last pick in the draft – or last pick in this part of our mock draft uh, is the Philadelphia Eagles here at 21. Ryan, who do you have the Eagles selecting? Um, I think at least one of you guys had him going a lot higher, but I have uh, uh, Mekhi Becton from uh, Louisville offensive lineman. Um, Like like we've said before, this is just a really heavy O-line draft, and my personal philosophy is that you can't have enough offensive linemen. But, um, yeah, so – as far as that yeah, goes. Yeah, I think – I mean, it's totally a depth pick for them, no doubt about that. Um, I have them picking in a position of need. I think that they totally need outside playmakers for Carson Wentz, uh, and they're going to get a good one. And I think they're going to be happy with Justin Jefferson, uh, the wide receiver from LSU. Um, they obviously have a good tight end, uh, Zach Ertz, but, you know, the Nelson Aguilar experiment has failed. Uh, big time. You had uh, a good season of um, the receiver. His name is escaping me. Who was on the Bears? Uh, who helped you win a Super Bowl? Alshon Jeffrey. And my own brain worked there. Thank you. Um, but I think he'll pair opposite of Alshon Jeffrey really well. And I think they'll be happy with Justin Jefferson. I think Carson Wentz will be very happy with Justin Jefferson in particular. So uh, 21, Justin Jefferson from LSU going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Matt, round us out here. Who's going 21 Eagles? I am going to go on a limb here, and I do agree with you, Randy, that they are going to go wide receiver. Ryan, if Mackay Becton fell to them at 21, they would be doing backflips in the draft room <laughs> because you talk about a home run of a pick falling that far in this draft for a team that could use offensive linemen. I mean, they go running back by committee. You get a six, seven, three hundred and sixty 360-pounder in there. That's going to move people. but at this point, um, the fourth wide receiver that I see in this draft is going to fall to them, Henry Ruggs, kind of the Randy's philosophy. They get that outside playmaker, stretch the field. I think Henry Ruggs really helps this offense. And Philly's happy with it. So he goes 21 to the Eagles. Yeah, they'd be really happy if Ruggs fell to them for sure. I think he's an outside burner who would totally work out opposite of Jeffrey. 
uh, and create space for Ertz in the middle of the field and, and Goddard too, for that matter, because they have a, they run two tight end sets a lot. Um, all right. So that wraps up this edition of the Deep Thirds Football Podcast. Uh, we are going to pick 22 through 32 uh, in our next show, which will air Wednesday night, the night before the NFL draft, which is Thursday, April 23rd. Um, this is not, I mean, the only show going on this weekend over in ball is life. You're going to want to watch, catch the step back tomorrow at 11 for Leon Tompkins, Jacob Moses, and special guest, Johnny Gio Ortega. They're going to talk about some basketball. I can't wait for that because I'm sure Johnny has some stories to tell. Um, so I'm really excited for that happening this weekend. Um, thanks for bearing with us through all the technical difficulties. We really appreciate it, Matt. Uh, do you have any parting shots for the audience? If Justin Herbert goes to the Chicago Bears with the 15th overall pick, I, I, I may literally burn every piece of Chicago Bears paraphernalia I have. Ryan, your response. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, I, I, I had to calm down. I, I told you <laughs> you were going to die inside, and there was a reason why I wasn't going to tell you about this. <laughs> The, the dying's not even okay. the correct word. <laughs> what is? You, you know, right. Ryan, when a star collapses on itself, forms a black hole. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. When before before Matt blows a casket here, we're gonna say goodbye. Ryan, thank you so much for joining in. Uh, we look forward to wrapping up the first round with you on our next show. Uh, I'm sure you have anything planned for whatever team up. Oh. You're not going to want to miss that. But for now, I hope you all are staying safe, staying inside, washing your hands, um, you know, just social distancing, taking care of yourself and others. Uh, but until then, you guys have a good one.